a little bit of. I didn't do that today, did I? I kind of matched. I'm wearing the logo color. Okay, you ready? Yep. Hello there. Welcome back to the Spoken D podcast with uh, Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. So it's good to get back in the saddle, Matt. Yeah, new year, new new way of doing the podcast. I think we've <laughs> gotten a little bit off track, but trying to get it back on course here. I like your new shirt there. Right? Yeah, you're, you want some color. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring enough today. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're recording on day. It's very cold, so. Yeah, it is. We got snow today, and I had no idea. I woke <laughs> up, and I go, wow. Our little feral cats weren't even at the door today. <laughs> no, no feeding of them? No. Hiding out somewhere warm? Yes. So I hear you have a topic for us to discuss today. Well, finding topics is always becoming more challenging the longer this goes on. So, again, if anyone out there has any topics, please write in and and let us know what you'd like to hear about. But something we've been dabbling in for a while now and seems to be becoming a, a more popular service is the aesthetics world. Um, and especially I think we've seen over the past multiple years, aesthetics has gone from a kind of a standalone business to really becoming integrated in medical clinics and done in combination with people's care. Um, and that's what we're trying to do in our, our other life of medicine is bring aesthetics into what we're doing medically. So I thought that might be interesting for people to hear kind of the back end thought of why aesthetics is now crossing in, over into medicine and not just purely a, a not associated, I guess, you know, like clo- aesthetics is like clothes. Well, just what I wear is <laughs> right. not my health care, um, but now aesthetics might be associated with your health care and potential benefits or or not so yeah well i think there's different reasons why that is has come into play uh i think it's maybe we'll focus on an elevation in our in our other life why we sort of have looked at that you know the the process has been is um what is integrated care Mm -hmm. right Uh, and i think if you look out there in the behavioral health world especially and we've mentioned this before. Um, has anybody completely doing integrated care in the way we would like it to be seen and uh, is consistent? And I, I think we've said that really no, that nobody's reached that, or not many places have reached that goal. People do pieces and parts of it. So as we start down that journey, um, we look at doing, you know, med management and, uh, therapy for folks uh and then we say hey you know that gets you so far with things then we have issues with things like um compliance and adherence can we get medicines approved and things like that can we get the medicines to people can we see if they're getting their medicines um might we do a injection clinic so we started the injection clinic and you know our goal is to keep people out of the hospital Mm-hmm. And to keep as uh, and keeping us feeling as better, then we sort of added an on-site pharmacy to help people out. Um, added research into the mix, and then we said, well, you know, a lot of folks in behavioral health uh, do not have really good primary care follow-up, and that's a big piece when you're looking at things like weight management, hypertension, 
um, cholesterol and that, so we brought on primary care. But um, what has become very evident over time is that how people look impacts um, how you think you look, uh, whether it's your face, your weight. Um, as we mature age, that impacts um, your emotions. Mm-hmm. So that impacts whether you're you know, feeling depressed, anxious, or you socially engaged out there. And um, there is some research that we've talked about looking at things like um, the furrowed brow, mm-hmm. uh, little crow's lines, uh, that your brain might be sort of reading your face to know how you're feeling mm-hmm. and interpreting that. So uh, that's how we sort of sort of went down that path of thinking that uh, maybe bringing aesthetics in to the clinic would be a good thing. Yeah, you know, my, my first experience with aesthetics is I think what most people's probably are. And being a male, it came through my wife, right? More men are getting into aesthetics, but... Uh, I, it's not something I've looked at yet. And it, you know, the first thing that, that was brought up for my family was, Oh, well, laser hair removal, right? Which is very popular. <laughs> That's very popular and had nothing to do with medical, right? It was the, the time savings, right? The hassle and daily life of it. And, you know, I look at it differently than my wife did for her. It's, Oh, there's the time. It's every time we want to go do something, it'd be, Oh, I have to go get ready. And selfishly, I go, that's an hour every time I have to wait on her. So if we we can remove that, then it's uh, less stressful, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the the interesting piece is then, oh, now there's less stress in these activities. And how does that interplay over into other pieces of mental health of, oh, there's less stress in your day. And there's, we, we think about sometimes aesthetics is, one, how you look. Sometimes it can be efficiencies in your life right um but now there's more of the like permanent makeup or things like that how much less time do i have to spend out of my day to look the way i want to look um and we initially sometimes i think look at that and say well that's vanity or that's not important Mm -hmm. but we don't necessarily take into account all the the stressors that come with having to prep your day and all the time it takes out of your day and especially once you get into having kids and families and you don't have time for all that anymore and how that can uh, affect us mentally and, oh, well, I'm not the same person. You know, I don't get to spend the same amount of uh, time on myself or look the way I want to when I'm out in public. And that brings other stressors with it that we don't always think about in that. Yeah, so the convenience factor um – helps to decrease the stress in your life, which might help decrease anxiety, um, make you feel better, decrease the risk for things like depression, and some of those things. And I think, you know, as a culture, uh, I I think we are used to doing things, uh, how convenient can I make it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it doesn't, I think you sort of touched on this, it doesn't interfere with my life. Right. That's sort of interesting. So, uh, and that is, I think, a lot of people that not only would they like that, but for some folks, it's really necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're not able to do that, then and I just don't feel like I can get out and get the laser hair removal. I want it done. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the energy, motivation to go get it done. And then I see that the hair is growing. 
And now I even feel worse, but I can't get myself to go do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of uh, this vicious cycle uh, that one just compounds the other. So, and if I can go someplace and get everything done, right, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I've cut down on the number of trips I have to make to different, and the decision-making, you know. That's why some people like to go to places like Cancun to the resorts (laughs) in Mexico. And I was one of those folks because... I pay one time, and I don't have to worry about all these different little expenses coming up along the way. You might end up paying more. You know, it's sort of interesting. That's a different topic. But um, but you've just taken that whole stress off that, oh, my gosh, every time I go up and I want any food or a drink, I'm going to get hit with a, another expense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you take that part of that stress out of the equation. So I think that makes very good sense. So that's why people... You know, in the cosmetic world, a lot of times you have these packages. Mm-hmm. You know, you sign up for a year, like let's take the laser hair removal. And because, one, what you've paid for it, so you're more likely to go get it done. Yeah. And uh, so now you have an incentive. Hey, I've already put the money out of the bank account. I've given it to the place to go get it. And now I'm going to make sure I get there and get it taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the interesting one I think I've seen, and I, this is by no means a blanket statement, but we we didn't know much about aesthetics when my wife wanted to do the the laser hair, so she went to a a non medical facility that just does aesthetics, mm-hmm. and we thought, well, yeah, they're experts, right? And there's nothing wrong with the the treatment they did; they had medical professionals on staff, but the model's different. Right, they they're not concerned with what else you may have going on or how it integrates into your care, and they're only going to see you if you do aesthetics. So they're highly motivated to make sure the the financials work out either on a repeat business model or upfront cost versus potentially giving you information on just what's needed. And that's uh, I think something that might be a little bit different in aesthetics that are located in your medical facility with doctors that you see for your care is the business side of it may impact the way the conversation goes. Yeah. And the other thing is not, not across the, um, if you look across the span of different like medical spas, but some only cater to like hair removal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the only thing they do Yep. because they're, that's how their business model is, is built uh, versus to where you go, do they offer many things, whether that's Botox for the crow's feet, uh, laser removal options, weight management options that we've talked about. You know, it's sort of interesting with some of the new uh, weight management drugs, medications that have come on the market. You know, it's they have not always been used for their purpose. Uh, they've been found by some people, you know, you see this in Hollywood, celebrities uh, saying, oh, I've been able to lose lots of weight using that product, that medication. So they're going to use that. Um, there's a lot of things in the cosmetic world, aesthetic world, uh, that you can also use uh, in that area also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other reason, well, there's lots of reasons. <laughs> I just like the phrase another reason that I think aesthetics comes into the medical field is because 
now there's so much attention played to the, the socioeconomic impacts on someone's health, right? And how you how you look, how you feel, your your health is associated with that. And more and more aesthetics is playing over into things that can impact your health, especially when you talk the sculpting services and um, things like that. So I wonder what your thought is on how aesthetics potentially plays into just treatment plans. Like if someone's coming in and saying, well, I'm stressed, and you figure out, well, a lot of their stress is associated with all this time or effort or unhappiness they have with how they look or what they have to do to look the way they want to. Because we talk a lot about we don't care what gets you better. We just care that you get better. Right. <laughs> so whether if you have anxiety about getting ready to go out, we don't care if aesthetics gets rid of your anxiety versus giving you an anxiety med. Whichever one works is the, the one we want to have. But my assumption and a little bit of experience is if you're going to a provider for the med and a provider for the aesthetics, then to some degree, especially on the aesthetic side, they have an, a vested interest in c continuing to tell you that you need it. Where in a medical facility, if you have it being used as part of your treatment plan and it's not having the impact you want on the, the health side, then there might be a conversation that the provider has of, well, maybe you don't need to keep doing it because the financials aren't built. Or, the business model isn't just aesthetics. So I wonder if you think or, and or see that the conversation with clients slash patients, how it's used, especially as it starts to touch more on can it be used to better your health is different if you're, like you said, integrated care versus in multiple places. Well, we know that, uh, and this is true with any field, folks. This isn't just as aesthetics. Um, anything can be overused, right? Used too, too much. I mean, the sometimes it's about uh, people keeping up with uh, – the Joneses, you would say, is the old thing. Maybe some people would say the Kardashians now. Um, so the different people, and is that in your best interest, really? You know, what are you going after? And are you? Sometimes you can get into that mindset, and you're actually causing more anxiety because there's a lot of other things that go on to the people that you see on TV, right? They might be getting airbrushed just for that photo. Um, they've had. Uh, the photos have been sort of um, photoshopped, mm -hmm. so it's not the real things. You see this all the times with influencers who show you that if they take the photo at a certain angle with a certain shot with a certain type of light, they look completely different than if they show you the real them. Mm -hmm. uh, they can look completely different. So, Or they do the short term, right? which is big in movies, yes. right? I want my... It's like the bodybuilder shows. Yes. I really want to pop so I don't drink water for three days. Yeah. Well, that's not sustainable. But yeah. if that's in the moment you see that, you think, oh, that's yeah, you go what they the look like all the special time. Special <laughs> diet and the three month of yeah. intensive workout. So, and that's not sustainable and it's not good for your body, right? So, and even they don't sustain it. Right. right. Nope. Even the people you see in those photos don't sustain it as their permanent. Not so. 90%, at least, of them. So, but I think what's really important is what I do see a lot of is people who um, feel bad. It just makes everything worse. They don't like how they look. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
Is that cause or is that effect? Usually it's a combination of things. If you're not feeling good, you're feeling sad, depressed, anxious, uh, you already have a a tendency to not like how you're sort of looking, feeling, right? But there are people also who, um, I mean, think of any magazine you pick up. uh, We have bullying on social media. We have what you're supposed to look like. And it's, you know, it's really not what the normal (laughs) average person looks like. So um, the part of integrating it uh, as part of, you know, physical medicine and your behavioral health therapy and with your med management and other treatments is that uh, no matter what, you have to like yourself, right? Mm-hmm. No, I, you, if you don't like yourself and you're going to do all this, this aesthetic stuff, that's not going to change that. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be a very temporary fix. You know, we see this all the time. It's like maybe it's like winning the lottery. Oh, I feel fantastic. I got this award. Well, that's like going in for your aesthetic procedure, right? I feel good good for right now i got my hair done i feel great and then but that doesn't last you know that's 24 48 hours maybe a week and then that feeling's gone Mm -hmm. so what do you have to do to replace that feeling yeah the the interesting one that you're touching on and i think this is maybe that where we can the idea we can end it on today is the um one of the main arguments against bringing aesthetics into healthcare that I hear is, well, healthcare is just supposed to teach you to love you how you are, right? Love yourself, figure out how to be comfortable with it. Don't worry about changing yourself. I think that's partially true because a lot of medicine involves telling people to exercise more and eat healthy and uh, affect how you look through not using the means of aesthetics. But when you bring aesthetics in, I hear a lot of feedback of, well, shouldn't your provider, shouldn't your doctor just be teaching you how to love yourself, not change yourself? And what are your thoughts on that? So <clears throat> I'm going to bring up food, folks. So I, I know this will get to folks a little bit. But, you know, you can bring into, uh, let's say we have here, um, somebody brings into the office a platter, right? And we're going to have food on that platter. And you can have just a fruit platter. You can have a meat platter, cookie platter, uh, you could have a dessert platter, or you could have a sampler platter that just has multiple things on it. You know, I would think that the best option for a lot of folks. Oh, we gotta get veg- vegetables on there too, folks. Sorry about that. <laughs> but um, you know that you have a wide array of options on there, and then it's talking through uh, with someone and at different points in time. What are the things that might be what you need or that would be good for you versus um, it's, it's not universal mm-hmm. i think people want to make it universal you know remove everybody's crow's feet they're going to be happy well yeah you know there's some wiseness to crow's feet <laughs> maybe i want my crow's feet so i think you have to sort of know the individual a little bit so somebody just comes in and says this is what happens in aesthetics right a lot mm-hmm. come in i i want those things gone that's in the story mm-hmm and I think there's a lot of times there's more to the story, and uh, I think that's what we can we can touch on this at another episode. But it's it's more than just uh, the thing itself. The sum of the parts is more than just, and there's more to think about. 
So that's what I would say. So thank you for attending this episode of the Spoken Deep Prop podcast, either tuning in or, or watching it, and we'll bring up something else next time. We appreciate your time. Thank you.